Hey, y'all. Welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs and challenges and opportunities HR people managers and all people face at work every day. I am one of your co-hosts, Chaz Fields, and I am joined by my smiling workplace <laughs> bestie friend. Uh, Jules, your hair looks really good today, too. I Thanks, like it. Yeah. Uh, who, sorry. Go ahead. Introduce yourself. Jules. Hi, I'm Julie Devlin, <laughs> and, and I'm a co-host along with Chaz. <laughs> oh, man. It's good to see your face again, Jules. Yeah. Um, yeah hey, too. so, hey, Julie, tell me something good. Baseball, Chaz. I love it. Baseball is, is in full swing and uh, I can't I can't be happier. So yeah, yeah, uh, go yeah. go Phillies. Go Phillies. Oh, <laughs> I know. Don't I start. know. Don't no, start. don't start with me. National League, American League. We need to have an episode <laughs> dedicated to our differences in baseball. <laughs> But that's okay. Uh, no, I something good for for me, Jules, is we're actually going to be at a game, a baseball game together in a couple of weeks. So yeah. always look forward to to seeing you in person, of course. But then we get to watch a game that we both love dearly. So we do, um, we I'm do. Pretty, and pretty I, some people some people don't like the the slowness, the monotony of baseball for some oh, reason. Chaz, I can sit there for hours. Yeah, and just I, watch. I, I actually don't like talking to people while I'm watching it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, yeah. I'll make sure to I'll make yeah. sure to make it's, a note of that when we're at the. Yeah, just or the game together. Else. Either that, or I'll annoy you and come just yeah. say, "Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that?" Uh, yeah, you know oh, I would man. do that. I know so. you would. I know you would. Um, <laughs> Chaz, awesome. Well, I'm going. Tell me okay. something good. I did. I just told you we're going to be at a game together. Tell me something good again. Oh, just tell kidding. me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, let's. Uh, something right. good is the business stat of the day. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is actually a really interesting one. Um, one done by Ladders, and it was done uh, in 2021. So, um, not super dated, but far enough back that it gives us a chance to reflect. So, here's the stat: uh, by the end of 2021, the number of available permanent remote positions doubled from nine percent to eighteen percent. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. The analysis that they did predicts that this could increase to twenty five percent by the end of twenty twenty two. Wow! Right. That's that's one in four jobs is remote. I, yeah, I think that's what they're saying. But based on current market, that's what they're saying is one in four jobs being remote. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it is. If you think it is crazy, but it's not in the context of where we are now. So if you were to say this in 2019, then we would have said, what? Absolutely what are you ta- not. I mean, yeah. what are you talking about? Right. I mean, right. oh, my gosh, Chaz, it's it just blows my mind when we think about what life used to be like versus mm-hmm. what life is now it blows yeah. my mind yeah. there's there's been so much and we as humans we have adapted we have changed along with the times yeah <laughs> um and so it seems like it's normal if you will because this yeah. is the world that we live in now but if you for those of you who are listening think about 2019 think about early 2020 i mean right I would say different. Yeah, it was absolutely different. And you know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll watch shows and, uh, you know, videos online of things that happened back in 2018, 2017. And it'll look weird because you don't ever see a mask. You don't see people social distancing. You don't see, you know, any of the new um, cultural norms that we have established as a society. I think it's just crazy. You know, back back then, I never would have thought twice about getting on an elevator with three other people. 
now I think twice about that. Yeah. You know, are, are you they, okay are, with me? Are you okay right? with me? I, 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 yeah, yeah. I ask. Or, or when I'm at an event, you know, are you okay with shaking hands? Are you not? I can tell yeah. you, I have had people who do not want to shake hands. So, I mean, it's, it's real interesting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, anyway. you know, it's not shocking. I, I think it's crazy to think that one in four jobs could be remote because that completely changes and shifts work where we went from remote overnight for most workplaces. Then it's like, okay, we're returning back. Okay, great. Now it's this requirement from a recruiting perspective. Like I need either hybrid or full remote, or you're going to lose so-and-so because as a good candidate, and then to think, actually, we're going to, we're just going to shake it up completely and say, you know what, we're, we're going to just do remote for people who want it and then others that don't. So, yeah. And we've yeah. talked before, employers might not have a choice at this point. They, I, I, I really don't think they do personally. Yeah. Just because in my employees, conversations, I don't yeah. think they have it. Employees dem- are demanding this kind of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we look at um, the, the rising costs of things too in, in, in this country. And, yeah. um, that's another reason, you know, how much money are people saving in wear and tear on their car, driving to work, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, that's a whole other episode. I'm yeah, sure. I was going to say the worst two hours of my day <laughs> in my, in an old job was driving an hour one way and an hour back. Right. Yeah. You know, that was, that was really, really hard for me. So anyways, yeah. Jules, what are we talking about today? Yeah. All right. So today we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, which is that all that, ever uh, awesome topic of the psychological contract, but we're going to talk about it in a little different way. We're going to talk about it in terms of once there's a breach of the psychological contract, how do we repair that breach? Mm-hmm. And it's not as simple as, uh, as, it, as it might sound. Um, so just a little, a little uh, aside, if you go back to August 2nd, 2021, that's the prequel to this podcast. So Chaz and I did an episode. This on, episode yeah. 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 To yeah. the Chaz and I did an episode on the psychological contract and, you know, we don't expect you to go run there right now. Um, but you know, just so you know, and I can define the psychological contract again, it's referring to this unwritten agreement, uh, of the expectations that employees and employers have of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to do with fairness. It has to do with balance. Um, and you know, when the psychological contract is breached, we have all sorts of issues <laughs> um, that could happen. I can tell you want to say something. No, I just, you're right. It, it, it's funny when you say issues, that's so broad, but like you think about in the work that we do, so many just come to mind, you yeah. know, oh, like, yeah. oh, this and this and this and this. Oh, can yeah. you give an example? Why don't you give an example, Jules? Yeah. So there are lots of signs when there's been a problem with the psychological contract or an employee doesn't feel like their sense of fairness is there anymore, that things are balanced. You know, you might have somebody who is uh, a model employee and then all of a sudden they start coming to work late or they start taking a lot longer to complete tasks that they once did really quickly, or maybe Mm -hmm. they didn't do them well. Maybe you have somebody who, um, got along with their coworkers a lot, uh, all the time. And then now all of a sudden, why are they fighting with their coworkers or why are they being confrontational? Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's relatively simple when we look at things like this to see if there's been a breach of the psychological contract, but mm-hmm. the question becomes, and it's something that we have to ask ourselves as employers, why did it happen? Why did this behavior right. change happen? And mm-hmm. 
you know, sometimes that answer is clear and sometimes that answer is not clear. And I think that um, what we need to look at when it comes to the psychological contract is whether or not there's been some kind of shift for them. You know, has been there been some kind of violation of their trust or, yeah. you know, something that's made them feel like they're not included. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we 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 look at employees and employees are always going to generally give less of themselves to the organization when they feel like they're not getting that reciprocation mm-hmm. in return. Right. So I don't know. No, that's really good. I, I think about it too. With it, Psychological contract when it comes to the workplace between employer and employee, there's so many different things that could impact it in a way that you just simply may not know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, the employee may not know either, but that attitude change, that behavior change, you really have to do some digging sometimes. And, and like, yes, Julie, it's simple in concept where I'm like, Hey, I noticed you're not, you're not as happy or as go lucky or, Hey, you're late more, more to work, whatever it is. Doesn't mean you're going to come out right and say, this is why it is. Right. 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 And I think that's the critical piece is that you may have to do a little bit more digging, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. So, um, you know what, Julie, a, a, a breach, right. Or, or employees tend to feel let down by an organization. Can you talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah. So what, what are some things that would make an employee maybe feel like that level of fairness isn't there which, or like, yeah. What, what is fairness, which is what, yeah. what is fairness in your well, organization? Answer that, but continue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they feel like they're overworked. I think that's something that we have seen a lot of during the pandemic. I mean, think about the service industry. Um, you know, I've, I've read, um, I've read articles recently about doctors uh, who have taken their lives because of the stress the pandemic put on them. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was just, it was in the news a few weeks ago. Um, and, you know, I think that also we ask a lot of times for feedback from employees, but the question becomes, do we utilize that feedback? Um, are people's ideas considered? Are they, are they taken into account? Are people feeling like they're listened to? Um, that's something for sure. I think also, uh, which is something that's interesting to think about when we talk about things like promotions, um, oftentimes, oftentimes we, don't understand the ramification that promotions have on people that haven't been promoted or people that have been promoted to a rank that is not where they think they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's a level of fairness um, that it's perceived fairness. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, that's something that we might overlook. Uh, we always look at how we feel great for the person who got the promotion but what about the other people that were quote unquote left behind or passed over? So right. that, that could cause a, a breach of the psychological contract as well. Yeah, we, so. we did. That's a really great point. When you think about the person that gets a promotion, if it's somebody you think deserves it, right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're genuinely excited. Like, yes, I'm so happy. Like great job, but you're right. We do forget about the people that may not, be as excited or aren't as excited for whatever reason, because there's a bad, you know, bad relationship or they don't work as hard because that other person feels underappreciated or their work isn't recognized right in the way that it should. And maybe, maybe it's not even the end result of a promotion for that other person, but it's just simply like, wait, you promoted them. They're always recognized. And here I am working my tail off. And yet I don't even get a thank you. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's right. I think I think we just got, got another podcast episode. Ah, <laughs> we're here all day. We're so we're so good at that. We're so good <laughs> yeah. at having discussions and then realizing that we need to expand uh, the discussions for it's sure. It's so funny because I'll call you when I'm driving. I'm like, Julie, I have an idea. What do you he, think? He right. Really I, does. I know it's, really it's terrible. Does. So yeah. it'll be, it'll be on a Saturday afternoon. What are you doing? You're like, I'm laying by the pool. Sorry. Yeah, I want to yeah. talk HR. Um, <laughs> anyways, hey, I'm an HR nerd. I'll do it I know, all day. Right? I, know, yeah. I know. So it's, it's cool that you remember that Jules, because I think with HR leaders, they really can do a lot to help. Right. Mm-hmm. They really, really can to help fix this broken piece. Right. So a, a couple of key things to this, I think, is is one relationships are critical. Yeah. Right. And here's the deal. You could think you are maintaining a healthy work relationship with people. And and we'll add a different element, the workplace friends, right? Yeah. yeah. You could think that you're you're developing both and doing really, really well. The the hard part about that is the other individual may not be feeling that way. Right. And despite management's best efforts in making this happen, we can't be, uh, for lack of a better term, naive enough to think that just because we're thinking it's going well, it actually means that both parties think that it's going well. Right. Yeah. So what I think about this is we really have to to teach managers to take responsibility Mm -hmm. and maintain this. So how do we do this? Right. How do we maintain the psychological contract? Right. Uh, I, my big thing, and Julie, you and I actually talked about the psychological contract and change management and how they work in the workplace. Uh, I don't know how many times you do it last year, 25 times last year on stage. (laughs) And we had a lot of good dialogue back and forth where it's like, why aren't we talking about the psychological contract right up front? Saying, yeah. look, if if you tell us your expectations and we share our expectations with you, if they change, let's have that discussion, not right. let's get upset and then you leave that employee leaves or whatever. So one of the critical pieces, and you know I'm super, super passionate about this, is talking about what the psychological contract actually means in the onboarding process. Oh, yeah. To say, right, like in the onboarding process, let's get it out there and say, this is how we do things at XYZ company. We're going to earn your trust or build your trust or give, you know, give trust, whatever it is. But you also have to be a good corporate citizen or company citizen to come and have that discussion. Go ahead. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, when we talk about, breaches of the psychological contract. Yeah. How do we, we're, we're talking today about how we can repair them. You know, yeah. one, one of the things is to repair. We can also talk about prevention, prevention, ah, yeah. prevention and reparation, I think has to do with us training managers that the psychological contract is a thing. Now yep. I am not advocating going and talking to your managers about, uh, you know, the psychological contract in terms of the, the, the intricate details, the nitty gritty, et, et cetera. Right. But what I, am, what, I, right, yeah. what I am advocating for is that um, managers recognize that unmet expectations by employees are dynamic and they're unique to each employee and they have right. to work in order to maintain uh, acceptable levels of those mm-hmm. expectations for employees. Otherwise, you're going to see that withdrawal behavior. So employees see managers every day and managers generally, and you know, managers, I believe, have the biggest impact on things like retention and productivity and happiness at work. I think that um, employees will 
you know, employees won't leave a job because they love their manager. Uh, generally, <laughs> they may leave for a better opportunity, um, mm-hmm. but I think more often than not, employees are going to leave their job because their manager is not up, not uh, meeting their expectations for what mm-hmm. they perceive a manager should be. So, you know, but I think also, Chaz, just sort of moving along, I think it also has to do with um, maintaining trust, but rebuilding trust when there is a breach of the psychological contract. And, you know, how are you going to do that? That's not something that we can easily answer, because I believe that the culture of an organization dictates that a lot more than any kind of sort of canned answer that we could give, you know, what does trust mean to your organization? Defining what trust means to your organization and coming to an organizational agreement on that, I believe is important. Yeah. I think that uh, everybody in the organization has to work together uh, to build and keep building trust. Yeah. Um, It's not that, yeah, it's not, it's not a one-time thing. It's not, we're going to meet, we're going to be trusting of each other and then uh, we're going to, live happily ever after. No, it's more so that trust is uh, a constant work in progress. And just to keep it more interesting, Chaz, everybody is going to feel differently when it comes to trust at work. Um, (laughs) Let, Let me, let me ask you this. So, so do you believe personally, do you believe that there are different levels or depths of trust in the workplace. Now, before you answer, I think about it like in my personal relationships with friends and 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 whatnot with that. Like I know I trust my friends, but I don't have to have this constant building with them, right? Like I don't I, I don't feel as though I have to go and continually rebuild or or build or add upon that. However, and maybe this is a whole nother episode, when you go into the workplace, it's a little bit different. Right. Yeah, it is. But Chaz, it's funny. I'm like, that just made me think of you and I. Right. Like, I trust you and I don't, and I think you trust me. Mm-hmm. And I don't I feel do. like I have to continue to build the trust. So, mm. but do you think it's different from manager to employee? Yeah. Uh, yeah. See what I'm saying? See what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you if you look at peers, I know this is getting thick, right? I know. <laughs> so if, if 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 we're if we're repairing, right? We're repairing breaches, and and we'll talk more about that in a second. But I think like when we're building trust, manager to employee, the the trust is get the job done. Employee to manager is very very different. What can I come share with you that I that you won't share with your peers or colleagues or whatever? You know, like I, I think there's different depths when it comes to the workplace of levels of trust. I really yeah. do. Yeah, there, there, def- there definitely are. I mean, that's an interesting way to put it because you're right. It is different with a managerial, managerial relationship and a hierarchical relationship beyond right. man- beyond a manager. So, well, and if you think about those breaches, right? You remember standing on stage last year? We always ask people, "How many of you feel trusted in the workplace?" And people mm-hmm. raise their hands. How many would you say your employees feel trusted in the workplace? And and the hands went down. Yep. Right. Yep. So we asked why, right? And then and then now part of this conversation is repair, which is why I think there's different depths and levels of trust in the workplace. Yeah. And, and, and should there be? Should y- there be? Y- well, I mean, I don't know that we have a choice, but, you know, it's also about communication. You know, the right. psychological contract, it's something that's continuously moving along. Right. And I think that when we're talking about maintaining balance within it, we have to have things like open communication, open dialogue, transparency. Yeah. And what this does is it helps people gain 
uh, really a, a more of an understanding of what those expectations are. So right. if there is a breach, definitely uh, communicating with employees uh, and being transparent is the way to go. Yeah, it, we, we, we're huge, huge uh, proponent. Like we love when people are transparent. I just think there's a mutual respect there. I also think, Julie, kind of the tying us up here, tying up loose ends is one of the things that we often talk about is aligning work with strengths for employees, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're really, really strong and it's not say if you're really, really strong at doing something right. Awesome. Let's align that to make sure that, that you're happy and, and it does well for the business and vice versa. Right. Doesn't mean we're saying don't challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Like don't build other areas that are weaker for lack of a better term. I don't like using that term, but you know, that aren't as strong. Right. But if, if I know that Julie is really good at X, Y, Z one, let's make sure that that continues to sharpen and let her do it. But also maybe it's an opportunity for her to mentor, right? Maybe it's an opportunity for her to train others, put her in a position that maybe she's going to be a leader one day, manage whatever that is, because now we're building on something that instead of it being tribal knowledge or paying a bunch of money for training and development programs, I've got Julie that's really, really good at this. And I want her to share that knowledge with others, right? And I and that builds trust. Yeah, yeah. And we have to make sure that we're not setting our employees up for failure by giving them tasks that they're not right. trained for. You know, aligning them with their strengths and tasks that are going to build their strengths and mm-hmm. actually also improve on their weaknesses, I think yeah. is very, very important. And it can it's very helpful when it comes to um uh, upholding expectations because so many employees today, they believe that the employer, it's part of the employer's role to help train them and to establish right. them and develop them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, without that, if there was some kind of expectation of that, uh, that could, and it wasn't fulfilled, that could definitely uh, uh, break the psychological contract and then right. cause us to have to sort of re uh Re, reimagine it, if you will. So right. really though, you know, when we talk about this in terms of HR, Chaz, what it, what it comes down to is that there is a lot of this that is in the psychology of somebody's mind. Yeah. So HR itself, um, it's not easy for us to fix all of this immediately, but there are ways that we can help prevent it. And when it does happen, HR can really help to put a positive spin on things like communication, you know, how organizations communicate, what types of training and development are there for employees Uh, How do people learn best, you know, providing different kinds of education for employees? Um, You know, uh, HR definitely can help with managers as well um, and making sure that managers are aware of the psychological contract and that they're not misrepresenting things that employees uh, employees are, are dealing with. And, you know, I think that um, HR can also help with communication if there if we know there are going to be changes coming on the horizon that might Ah, not be popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's a good way to put it. That's Mm -hmm. a very, very good way to put it. So it's the communication and change management. You know me, I'm a change management nerd, like managing that change, even though we know it's going to go over like a lead balloon, Mm -hmm. right? How, how we communicate that, which goes back to the transparency and trust conversation, right? Where, man, we could really knock it out of the park here if we're just, this is what it is. And we would love your feedback and how to make it better. 
you know. Right. And also just simply apologizing if there's a breach of the psychological contract. Sometimes oh, yeah. it sometimes it happens and employees just need uh, an explanation as to why it happened and that then their questions are answered. Uh, yeah. So there's less ambiguity there. And mm-hmm. then those expectations come back to a balanced, uh, a balanced state, which is exactly yeah. what we're looking for. So yeah, big teaching moment there. Yeah. Sure. So anyway, there's lots of, lots of different ways to repair the psychological contract. I think it's important to remember that just because there's a breach of the psychological contract does not mean that the employment relationship has to end in right. many, many cases it doesn't end. Uh, but we definitely do have to take care and be intentional about mm. how we are uh, how we are fixing uh, broken psychological contracts. So, mm. Chaz, we're going to close. What did we find our purpose in today? I think I think for me, it's addressing the psych contract early in the employment journey. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I really like the way that you described uh, building consistently building trust. And I know we got thick there when it came to what does trust look like in the workplace and, and different levels. But to me, I appreciate someone who's very honest and transparent and upfront. And with this concept of, Hey, here, here's what we do here. And this is a site contract and, and it's a part of our culture and it's a part of the values because we value you. I think that's a really, really helpful thing in an organization that we don't, we don't do enough of so far. Yeah. I think I found my purpose in uh, HR being a catalyst for improvement. Um, And uh, oftentimes we feel in HR, like we're power, like powerless. (laughs) Um, But there are definitely things that we can do to help managers repair broken contracts Mm -hmm. um, and also help the organization retain top talent through uh, policies, procedures, et cetera, that enhance employee expectations, but not yeah. over, not over promise. Right. Um, because once we start over promising, that's when we start getting into breaches. A lot. That's so, great. You'll close yeah. this out, Jules. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So a few reminders before we leave, don't forget to like, and subscribe and use the hashtag people purpose pod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the workforce Institute at UKG by visiting workforceinstitute.org. Chaz, that's it. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate you. Cheers. Bye.